Hello, and welcome to Adaptivist Live, the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. This is episode 111, and we're looking under the hood. I'm your host, Ryan Spilkin, and joining me today is Matthew Stubblefield. Matthew, are you ready to pull this old uh, horseless carriage into ye oldie garagey and give her the once over? You know, I've had my caffeine, I've had my pastries, I am ready, podcast. <laughs> Oh man, pastries are definitely missing from my uh, from my lineup today. But you gotta fuel uh, up. Yeah, we you gotta fuel up. We noticed that looking at over today's articles, that we were really kind of uh, they're they're a little deep, a little chewy, a lot of a lot of kind of in the weeds. Yeah, it's 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 sort of like it's not exactly behind the scenes because like you, uh, you it's can all see public. it. We're gonna link to the the stuff, but. It's it's good to know. It's it's you know we, we wanted to give you all a heads up about it. But as is the case with any good inspection, we're going to start with the surface news. And what's more surface than Atlassian Cloud? That metaphor. Whoa. But uh, what are you trying to say, Ryan? <laughs> I have no idea. We're reviewing changes to Atlassian Cloud from February eighth to the twenty second. We are recording on February twenty third. And for the Jira platform, the reminder is out that from March 31st, all users will be moving to the new issue view in the Jira Cloud products. This has been communicated several times, but there's a, a new notification up on the page that you'll see in the in the show notes. And remember, it's coming. If you don't like it, get your comments in now. Though it's worth noting, even if you don't like it, Atlassian has stated shortly after the 31st, they'll be removing access to the old issue view. So it is time to make peace with the new issue view, uh, there are some improvements. And they'll continue making improvements and changes, but uh, this is coming. If you have invested in Jira Cloud, you will be on the new issue view, probably in April, certainly by May. <laughs> well, um, not only are they changing things, sometimes they're changing things back. Because in the new issue view, field tabs are now back on the left-hand side. So Atlassian is listening to the comments that uh, that said that moving those uh, tabs was maybe not the best bet, and they have replaced them. You're also able to manage and edit portal groups and request types faster inside of the service desk function. Support for third-party party repositories and marketplace app integrations will allow you to view code repositories with your Jira project um, and see third-party information as well as manage your third-party app integrations and more. And finally, for the general Jira platform, in the next generation projects, custom fields are collapsed in the advanced issue search, which I thought was just going to be JQL. But I guess the advanced issue search in the cloud is no longer that. You've got fields to check and uncheck. And uh, your custom fields from next-gen projects are now found in the advanced issue search. If you want to try that out, select search and then choose advanced search for issues. And then use the more dropdown to look for your fields. Over in Jira software, for the roadmap, you can now drag and drop your story level issues. So while you're in the roadmap, you can just click and drag to move things to a new epic or adjust the issue's rank in its current epic, move it to a new one, so on and so forth. Designed to make roadmap maintenance a total breeze. Does that feel breezy to you, Matthew? Yeah, it's something that people have asked for for a long time. And when uh, back in Jira Portfolio land, hmm. it was like V2, it was always a bit perplexing why you couldn't make changes to things like story rank 
um, very easily, you know, through modifying things in portfolio. So this type of functionality in advanced roadmaps is very, very nice. That tighter integration, like we talked about at the start of the year between software and advanced roadmaps. Yeah, it sounds great. And also worth noting, I'm I'm mistakenly saying advanced roadmaps, but this actually isn't an advanced roadmaps feature. This is just roadmaps. <laughs> Straight up roadmaps. Right? Yep. That is that is what according to the notes. This is not advanced roadmaps. We should roadmaps. call it just, that from now on. We should just call it straight up roadmaps. Straight, so straight up, up roadmaps. roadmaps and advanced roadmaps. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's a market for someone looking <laughs> for straight up roadmaps in the Atlassian ecosystem. App developers, you're welcome. I'll, I'll give you that title for free. Uh, or will we give them that title for free? I don't know. You can do whatever you want, Ryan. You're the host. <laughs> well, finally, in Jira Software Cloud, the last edition of the podcast, you may remember that we discussed visualizing deployment information in a single JIRA project. That has now been extended to allow visualization across all of your JIRA projects. So you can turn on deployment uh, in a, at a wider scale now in JIRA Software Cloud. And last but not least in the Atlassian Cloud user space, on Confluence Premium, administrators will now be able to archive up to 500 pages with a single action called Bulk Archive, which is, can be found in your space's sidebar. That's it for the cloud. So let's dive into a server real quick. We've got Confluence 7.11.1. So on the last podcast, we talked about just the whole bevy of improvements to team calendars. Hadn't seen some team calendars love in a long, long time. Uh, And that was not all the last release was about, but uh, that was a good chunk of it. In 7.11.1, it's uh, kind of team calendars bug fix week. So released on 18th of February. If you're a big Team Calendars user, you probably want to go ahead and grab this update to fix a handful of bugs related to CalDAV or calendar reminders, parsing dates, that sort of thing. No Jira Server Data Center release notes to speak of this week, but we do have some news from Bitbucket Data Center and Server. Uh, also real slim, uh, 7.10.1 is out couple of bug fixes, uh, not too big a deal, but there is a privilege escalation vulnerability uh, fixed in this release. Uh, this affects Bitbucket if you're running it on Windows Server. Uh, so if you're running on Linux, presumably this is, is not so much an issue for you. Uh, and a wide range of versions. Uh, so fixed versions include 6.10.9, which was a long-term support release, 7.6.4, also LTS, and 7.10.1. Now the uh, vulnerability here, you know, take a look, see if it's concerning to you. It is ranked as high severity, but the attack vector is local. So, you know, if if you're in a pretty secure data center, hardly anybody has access to the box. Probably not too big a concern. Uh, but if somebody can get access, high high impact on confidentiality, integrity, availability. Um, this allows for multiple privilege escalation vulnerabilities. So. Uh, you know, take a look at that upgrade and keep your, um, not just your Bitbucket, but your server and your network more secure. And now moving on underneath the hood, the first thing that we would like to call attention to is a new function coming to the cloud called Team Central. Now, 
This claims that it's going to take the static out of status reporting. But status reporting has always been one of the big selling points to Jira, right? That was one of the things that we mm-hmm. that we talked about constantly was if if people are if you're if you have your issues updated routinely and everything's where it should be and people are communicating and using the tools, up, status updates should be a breeze. You should be able to pull that information out, right? Where, why am I'm wrong though? Because they, now the static, there's more static in status reporting. How did Jira not solve it in the first place? Well, in these pages, uh, so Team Central gives sort of a new UI. It's pulling everything together into this concept that Atlassian introduced a few years ago called Home, which some of our listeners may recall. A new take on it. Um, it does look quite nice uh, in the cloud. It pulls it together into a page that's you know kind of a confluence-looking page or a wiki-looking page with pulling together project data and whatnot. I, I was talking around before the podcast, I'm in a, a place of deep cynicism right now when it comes to status reporting. We've always known that one of the challenges is the data has to be right to begin with. You know, People have to be updating their tickets. They've got to be typing in good data, and, and you can influence this with your configuration. Uh, the, the challenge I'm running into more and more, and it's not a problem that's easy, that, that can really be solved by software. Like, that's, I think that's the big weakness here of you see features like this, and you might think to yourself, ah, at long last... All of our problems will be solved. We can cancel all of our meetings. We can look at these status pages. We're all going to get it. And the big problem is is the human. Uh, and it's communication <laughs> <Every time>. between teams. <laughs> Every time, those humans. Uh, those damn dirty apes. Um, <laughs> there's a ton of research out there that indicates that the biggest consumption of time in an organization is between teams. It's one team understanding another team, their perspective, their vision, what they're working on, the language that they use, how they communicate something. And more and more I'm seeing like that's where these type of status update tools don't really help because they they kind of do the opposite of what we need, which is relationship. It's spending time together to develop a shared understanding. But often organizations look at these tools as a way to decrease people's time talking to one another to decrease the time gaining a shared understanding. And so the end result is actually less knowledge, less communication, less understanding, more slowdowns uh, because we're, we're not building the community. We're not building the shared symbolism. We're not, mm. you know, collaborating actually um, we're all doing our thing and putting it in the system. And then somebody goes and looks at it, but do they, well, somebody does, and then they go, well, I don't, you know, I, I, I appreciate the snark on this page of, I love status reporting, said no one ever. And they say, status reporting needed a makeover, welcome to the after. It is very pretty. I think it's cool. Maybe it'll be helpful. Um, but I'm, you know, I think we all go through this. I think this is a, a common sort of experience in, in our industry. Like I have gone through that phase and it, it, you sway back and forth over time, right? I've gone through that phase of more automation, more templates, more pull stuff together, more pull the data in, more quantitative analytics, more write your weekly update, write your, your slacks. I've, I've got standuply writing Slack right now for one of my teams where we type in our, our daily standups and slacks. We've got that record. We can pull metrics of like, but do people understand the vision? 
of what we're trying to achieve and are the, is the work they're doing aligned with that? And that's where we run into challenges. So um, you can activate this for free. Uh, as they say, give everyone access to real-time progress, which again is literally just taking the data you already have in your system and repackaging it. Uh, but I'm definitely at a point right now here on Tuesday, February 23rd, when we're recording <laughs> this, of just deeply, deeply feeling like this doesn't solve the problem. And, and that's what we really need to be wrestling with. And now that I've dug a little further into the page, I'm going to provide just a little bit of counterpoint. Great. I need it. Okay. I s- <laughs> and, and again, this is coming from my um, childlike optimism. <laughs> that, but it, it actually, they're kind of going for a little bit of social mediafication of, of a person's mm-hmm. work with embedded media. When they talk about embedded media, they literally say, woo your readers with video updates, followers, tell people who's reading your content. This is about making work consumable in a more a way that's a little bit more gamified, a little bit more social, like, whoa, Lex in accounting, that what a picture. You know, you put a selfie with anything, you're gonna get some people talking. Yeah, so yeah, because if if there's one thing we could say about Facebook, it's that it's helped us understand each other better. <laughs> and <laughs> be more productive as a society. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Make sure you connect with us on social. <laughs> I just okay. No, that's totally to fair. I'm, that's I'm totally desperate. Fair. I'm desperate for a solution. That's where I'm at. Uh, and I've been trying the video updates recently. It's like this is one of my tactics this year. I've, I've and over the last six months of recording, even just like short, like here's me. You know, thirty six seconds, five minutes or less. Here's what it is. Um, or, or just trying to keep stuff quick with sketches and writing and sending it out there. And what I'm finding, it's, it's, I think, exacerbated now that we're all working from home all the time. We never get together in person. Um, yeah, it's, 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 not, it's not getting the job done. So, again, I, I would want to use this. Um, I don't currently run projects on cloud, but I think I'm going to be soon. I will totally use this. I'll set it up. But for our viewers at home, don't neglect the relationships within your team or the relationships between your team and others. This does not solve for that. And not that I think they're trying to or they're claiming it does, but I do think, I, I think I've done this in the past where I look at this type of thing and go, ah, this is what I need to fix this problem. Um, and if you've got a, a team communication challenge, if you've got people not understanding the vision, if you've got people not collaborating well, uh, or, or not understanding the work that's happening in other departments, this isn't going to do it. But will the brand new Trello? Will the brand new Trello <laughs> be the thing that does all it? Of our problems and woes. Uh, that must be yeah, what does it. <laughs> let's talk about brand new Trello. Uh, so Trello. Hitting uh, like a 10-year anniversary, which is very exciting. Yeah. Uh, you know, kudos and congrats. Um, I'm trying to recall how long it's been since Atlassian acquired them. I feel like we're probably around four or five years at this point. Uh, and you all know, Ryan and I love Trello. We use love Trello it. heavily for work, for our personal lives. 
big, big fans. Um, they've got a cool video about some of the changes on Trello. We'll, we'll link to this. So you can look at the pictures. Some of these are, I mean, from my perspective, it's just taking power-ups and putting them in a different location. It sort of reminds me when Atlassian took uh, what was Jira Agile and Jira Service Desk, which were plugins, and turned them into quote-unquote applications. Like yep. It has that similar feel to me of just making these more core to the experience, but the, the timeline view... Uh, is cool. We've always liked the calendar view. Um, dashboards, I'm, I'm more skeptical of dashboards these days. Again, going back to the previous <laughs> conversation, not finding as much value from them, but whatever. Uh, it's nice to have these tools in here. It feels like a more grown-up, more usable thing. And, and actually, there's a, a nonprofit I was talking to recently that is uh, looking at Asana. Uh, and after seeing this new Trello, these new Trello features, I'm going to send them this article and say, hey, you should take a look at this. Now, it's worth noting all the new sort of uh, ways of viewing and interacting with uh, your cards. A good chunk of that is for Trello Enterprise and business users. These aren't free features. Um, so worth being aware. But if you are an enterprise or business customer, that's something that uh, is potentially on your, your roadmap. Take a look at this because I think some of these, um, particularly the, the roadmap, and we found the calendar views to be, be very helpful. Now we're now we're Let's, looking under. We, we've looked at the outside. Yeah, we've we've opened the bonnet, and now we're really getting deep into the works because there are some developer-specific news that we think everyone should be aware of out there. You might not necessarily use it in your day to day, but it is good to know of some of the things that are happening behind the scenes, so that when changes roll out, you're not completely surprised. And we're going to begin with the extensibility updates in the cloud. Um, extensibility being related to functionality available through the API. Yeah, so uh, for those of you uh, not familiar with how cloud works when it comes to plugins, um, it is very different from server and data center. The plugins have to have, like the, the, the developers have to have their own external sort of services running, and then they interact with cloud through the API. This introduces tons of limitations. There's a lot of things that a server app can do that a, a cloud one can't because it's, it's limited to the REST API. And what these extensibility updates go into is a whole slew of new REST endpoints or fixes to, ex, um, to existing ones or changes to existing ones. So uh, for those of you who are admins in the cloud space or your, your cloud users, what this means is you may see some new features coming from some of your existing apps. There may be new apps launched to take advantage of them. Uh, so all good news there. There's also a reminder uh, posted in here that Forge is coming to general availability this month of February. This is actually published in December of 2020, but they've, they've sent a reminder which sort of says, hey, it actually is happening. Um, and Forge, from the developer perspective, is interesting because it removes, as I understand it, it removes that need for running external services. So instead of the, the app developer having to build up their, their architecture, Atlassian provides it by way of Forge. Um, this should result in tighter integration, better performance, better security. Security is one of the main reasons the Atlassian um, launched Forge because it, it means they can control that, that sort of end-to-end -end connection uh, and make sure it complies with all their security requirements. Uh, so we're not seeing a lot of Forge apps today because it's kind of been in beta. I know there's still a ton of limitations to it, but it is coming along. Atlassian's invested in that. So 
Um, we will we'll link to these if it's something you want to investigate further. Uh, but mostly wanted to call out just to to highlight sort of the continuing development of the story of Atlassian investing in cloud and continuing to expand it. And and both for Confluence and Jira, this was a pretty big chunk of API improvements. Adaptivist script runner users might be interested to know if this is the update that allows us to bring behaviors to the cloud. More on that in the future. <laughs> but when will then be now? Soon. But uh, yeah, not not set a date. No, no guarantees on that. It's it's a, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's a thing. You Works know, let's leave that aside. Let's talk about some uh, let's talk about some confluence cloud macros. Uh, this is an update to a story from December 2020. We uh, talked about in a podcast that month that uh, uh, there's a new macro browser coming to cloud. Um, it's causing some consternation amongst uh, Confluence cloud app developers because it sort of shoves them all together into this browser and it, it makes it a little bit harder to organize and whatnot. Um, and lastly, it's been taking lots of feedback on it and making changes. Uh, I highlighted here, it's, it's you know primarily for developers but highlight it for two reasons. One, uh, as this post puts it, it's time to dog food your apps Yummy. Uh, with this. So app developers uh, are being strongly encouraged. Start trying it. Start seeing how it's going to work. Uh, see how it's going to look. Look at the, the contextual configuration. And then it has the rollout plans on here, which is potentially relevant for any cloud admins or cloud users. So remaining changes uh, will hopefully be finished by April 2nd, 2021. And progressive rollout to customers. That means it won't hit everybody at once, but it will start reaching customers on April 19th. So if you are a Confluence Cloud user, your macro menu is going to change um, potentially starting April 19th. It'll roll out over the course of four weeks, just start with 10% of customers. But the goal is to have it uh, fully rolled out to all Atlassian Cloud customers, including enterprises, by May 14th, 2021. So customers, you're going to receive notifications from Atlassian to give you a heads up about it. I'm sure there'll be documentation, things like that. Uh, but just be aware that this is coming in the April to May timeframe. And get excited about it because it's a significant improvement to the macro usage experience. Like, I think it improves things dramatically by, by putting uh, the settings in context. Yeah, I mean, my only frustration is the lack of uh, curly bracket to put in a macro. I'm so used to doing that on server and not being able to just type that on cloud and have it pop up my macro browser while I'm typing as an adjustment. And finally, while we are checking the belts and hoses, we've got an update from Atlassian on their security certifications. Looks like they've added a whole bunch to the stable. Yeah, so... Uh, Atlassian back in yeah, 2018, 29. I mean, it was at a time, summit time is and irrelevant. Went together and time after 2020. I mean, who yeah, even knows pointless. at this point? Uh, some time ago, I've talked about this a few times. You know, they they made mm -hmm. the statement they want cloud to be more secure than your behind the firewall on-prem data center. Uh, so uh, security certification, which is you know from an external you know company, is external inspector and and you know, these are a big deal. Uh, keeping those up to date and expanding them is, is really important. So on February 16th, Atlassian provided updates about their SOC 2 certification and compliance, as well as ISO and IEC 27001, 27018. Uh, notably, uh, they've now received 
Um, they've received certification renewals for the, the ISO certs for Jira Cloud, Confluence Cloud, Bitbucket, Trello, Status Page, Ops Genie, Jira Line, and now Jira Service Management. Uh, and for SOC 2, they've obtained um, type 2 reports for Jira Cloud, including automation for Jira, which I think is is really key for them. You know, um, they just acquired automation for Jira, I want to say about a year ago. I mean, last year was like 15 years, so it's hard to tell at this point, but uh, I want to say it was about a year ago. So getting an automation tool, uh, you know, SOC 2, uh, I, both compliant and certified. Like, I think that's the, the key because you can be compliant without going through the certification process. Getting it certified, it's a big deal. And ditto for Confluence Cloud, Bitbucket Cloud, Trello, OpsGenie, Status Page, and Jira Line. Um, they've also added help and Jira Service Management to uh, their SOC 2 compliance. So if you uh, require security uh, and you've had some interest in cloud, these types of certifications um, should remove that barrier at least somewhat for you. I think there's probably still barriers around um, uh, financial data and HIPAA, but the um, you know the the continued investment in data residency that they're working on, yeah, uh, and some of the other scary things like they're they're clearly driving that direction. They want to be able to to replace your data center. Yeah, I would not be surprised to see FedRAMP coming soon. And finally, a little bit of news from Adaptivist. And when I say a little bit of news, I mean it's a whole lot of news because Matthew Stubblefield and I are going to be throwing down on a webinar. Are you ready, Matthew? We are taking the show on the road. And by on the road, I mean the uh, internet. from the our internet. homes where we are right now. So yeah. probably wearing our pajamas. I don't know. I, but I tell you what, we could sell you the seat, but you'll only need the edge. <laughs> We are going to be doing a webinar for those of you who are new to the Atlassian ecosystem or to you who are deeply experienced. Matthew, talking about that curly bracket earlier, that is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the (laughs) tricks, tips, and advice that we're going to give out to Atlassian users. So it's just going to be a uh, make your life easier and better with Atlassian kind of thing. And I'm really looking forward to it. We're going to have some fun, huh? It's it's sort of like this podcast. Um, it's me and, and Ryan chewing the fat and, and talking through kind of an outline. But uh, the last one we did, I think we, we scheduled it for 45 minutes or an hour. We tried to leave 15, 20 minutes for questions. I think we ended up going, like we just decided to stay on. We yeah. went like an hour and a half answering people's questions. So um, take a look, sign up, join us on, on March 16th for that webinar. We'll put a sign up link in the show notes. And uh, if you have questions that go beyond the agenda, you know, I mean, it's us. You can show up and ask if you want. We'll do our best to answer. And if we don't know the answer, we'll get it for you and send it afterwards. That's true. We will follow up on this one. We're not messing around. So, yeah, we look forward to seeing you on the webinar. And that's it for this edition of Adaptivist Live. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to connect with us on social and let us know what we should be talking about. Until next time, for Matthew Stubblefield, I'm Ryan Spilkin, and we'll see you later on Adaptivist Live. Called Bulkarf. Pol- <laughs>